the long run, passivity won't pay off. It never pays off. If you want a life of meaning and transcendence, you're going to have to move. Aggression doesn't have to be toxic or damaging. Healthy aggression risks. It builds new things. It breaks through barriers. It's the key to living a life that matters. I'm Brian Tome, and this is The Aggressive Life. On October 16th, 1923, a date that will live in infamy. That actually was not the actual date. But nonetheless, a pair of brothers opened a cartoon studio in Hollywood, California. Nearly 100 years later, their work is dominating the American landscape. Who accounted for 70% of all box office sales in 2019? That would be the Walt Disney Company, one of the largest, most successful, and most consistently creative media companies in history. Well, we have a treat today. I just happened to bump into somebody who was at this most senior level at Walt Disney. I mean, of course, that's just normal. Oh, oh, who do I have here? I have Jody Dreyer. I have Jody Dreyer, who led Disney's Worldwide Synergy Group. She headed Disney's Global Outreach Initiative. She played major roles in opening Disneyland Paris, once traveled the world as a Walt Disney World's ambassador. She's got, man, I've, she's been telling me Disney stories, insider stuff that I can't tell you or else I would have to be killed by the secret service of Walt Disney himself. Actually, not Walt Disney himself. He, he, he's been dead for, for quite some time. But nonetheless, <laughs> Jody Dreyer fell in love with Disney as a child. She made her career. And I just spent some time with this woman. And I said, do you have time to get in on a podcast? Pretty please. And she said, yes. Jody Dreyer, welcome to The Aggressive Life. Yay! <laughs> Excited to be here. Well, this is, this is a treat. For those of us who don't understand Disney, what is the special thing about Disney? It is the most asked question. What is the Disney difference, the secret sauce? How does Disney do what they do again and again and again? And I think it really boils down to, this will be a little bit stating the obvious, but I like to call it my public service announcement, people, story, and attention to detail. It's all about the people, the characters we know and love, whether you're at the movies or the theme parks. I just think it's all about this eclectic, fabulous group group that comes together. And then at the heart of all of it are great stories well told. And I think we're all searching for that happily ever after, which comes out in those stories. And then the last is the A, which is attention to detail. Disney is maniacal about the details. And I think that really shows, again, whether it's you know, merchandise or experience at a watching a Disney film or being at the theme parks. So you started out as cast. I think I just heard you describe you could kick your leg really high as a 18 year old. How old were you and you're kicking your leg high? Yeah, 18. Can can dancer. 
What, do they still have can-can dancers? Well, they, they do, but specifically it was the year of the tencennial. And so as a part of that, there were different dancing units as a part of the parade that represented each of the lands of Disney. And I was part of the can-can group from Frontierland. But the whole kick your leg high was a funny story because I was on the college program. I had auditioned for the parades and my dad, who has doctorate of nuclear engineering, was like, you know, Jody, you're going to get to an age and you're not going to be able to kick your leg that high. And then you need to have a fallback position, like a career more than just I'll keep kicking down Main Street USA. So you went from can-can girl and you climbed the ranks to the C-suite at Disney. Uh, I, if they had such a thing, I mean, you were, you you worked directly with Michael Eisner, you worked directly with Bob Iger, you, I mean, just story after story. Before we get into Disney stuff, what can you tell those of us who are in a company or in an organization, and we might feel like we're just in a menial role, just kicking our leg up or whatever it is, what do we need to learn from you in terms of how to go further? Well, I think first and foremost, there isn't a menial role in all of us. You know, one of the things at Disney, and I should stop by saying I'm not at Disney any longer. I'm not a cast so member. we're going to get the dirt. But I was there uh, for 30 years, and I had 22 different positions. And what I learned is that there isn't any position that isn't all a part of the show. And Disney has terminology where when you come on board, you're a cast member, and it's all done around show terms. So you're a cast member and you have a role in the show, but every role is vital. So to answer your question, I think what is important is to realize that your role is important to the show and that you do the best that you can, but you're a part of this bigger team, some backstage, some on stage, some kicking their legs. Others, you know, maybe are counting how many people are kicking their legs or doing finance in the back. Or, But it all culminates with creating magical moments and finding ways to surprise and delight, whether at the movies or theme parks or in merchandise. When you were... 20, 25, 30, whatever it was. Did, did you ever have a goal? I want to be at the senior most level at Disney. Did you ever have a goal that said, I want to be working with ABC when Disney brings ABC into the mix and I'm a key? Did you ever have a goal like that? Okay, here's the problem, Brian. I don't know how to answer you because— I think I know your answer. I think I'm setting is, up for an answer, yes. Well, you are, but I feel like I should roll out this great plan where I like had a vision for this. And I will say this. I think— um, that what is great, especially about a company like Disney, is there's many different opportunities. And if you're curious, if you see something interesting going on or a person doing something interesting, you get to know them, you jump in over there, and you do, you know, the next right thing and the next right thing and something comes your way. And I'd like to say I had a big grand plan. I think my plan was I wanted to continue to learn and to grow and to do new things. And the things that I did for a longer period of time, I wanted to do a good job. So, But I can't say that I started as a can-can dancer saying, I think I'll, you know, move to marketing and then I'll end up working at the studio and then I'll go to corporate. And it it didn't quite work like that. I figured you would say that because that's been my 
my experience, I've certainly never been in Disney or a Fortune 5 company or however, however huge Disney is, but it seems to me the people who rise the fastest in the organization that I lead, I don't know, we've got, I don't know, 375 staff members or something like that. Uh, the people who rise the fastest and the quickest, and again, I say rise as if the next job is more important than the least. So sorry, mundane. There's no mundane jobs inside of anything that's making a difference, n none at all. But it seems like the people who get different jobs quickly are the kind of people who are always happy in the job they're in and they're just put their whole heart into it and they don't see it as the next, the, just the next step to where I want to go. They just love it. And then you come to them, Hey, we'd like to do this. And they'd say, really, you want me to Oh, okay. I can think of that. And they just go fast. Well, the best example for me was one day there I am at Walt Disney World. I'm in marketing and I'm and my boss calls me in and he's like, hey, do you want to go over to Disneyland Paris and be a part of the grand opening team? I'm thinking, well, I mean, I wasn't even smart enough or wise enough to say like exactly what would I do? How long would I be there for? I mean, you don't even ask those questions. I just thought, that sounds amazing. And a week later, you know, there I was trying to figure it out. And in retrospect, probably great that you didn't ask all those questions or you might not, you know, jump on that journey. But you're absolutely right. And ironically, what I majored in in college and the job that I really did start at Disney thinking this will be a great job, A, I was not very good at the job in advertising, and B, I wasn't really suited for it. Um, so it's, it is funny that, you know, where we think we might go, then God surprises us in amazing ways. And if we just attach ourselves to great people and look for opportunities and enjoy where we are and work hard, it does move us in directions that we might not ever imagine. I just sat in a... Uh Oh, I, I sat someplace where I was hearing some of Jody's wisdom, and I was feverishly taking notes on stuff that she was saying. I, I just was really, really good. One, one of the things you quoted is you quoted something that uh, I think it was Walt Disney said. You can correct me if I'm wrong. He said, I like when everyone knows we failed because if they don't, it wasn't a big enough idea to get any attention. <laughs> Yeah, well, no, it's that whole notion. And I also, in my, you know, I never knew Walt. I'm not quite that old. But even but you in, knew Roy. <laughs> I knew Roy, his nephew, and gained some great wisdom from Roy. Oh, yeah, I knew Roy. But, I, I knew Roy Disney, too. Yeah, I did. But, and, and also Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> but continuing that forward, um, I had a boss at Walt Disney World, Tom Elrod, and he was like, we're going to try it. And when we fail, we're going to fail big. And so it was something that, with Walt, carried on. And the point was, you know, it's that whole idea of being all in. I think so often we put our toe in the water. It's why I like roller coaster terminology so much. I'm always talking about roller coasters and getting in line, and people fear the line. You know, they think, oh, I'm going to have to get in line. Do I want to wait that long? Do I want the coolest stuff happens in line. It's when we get excited, we wonder, am I going to scream? Is it what's going to happen? It's all going to be fabulous. It's going to, but you have to get in line. You have to be all in. You have to go for it. And then you get the roller coaster. You get, you know, without a hill, there is no thrill. You go up and then you come down and then you're with your pals and you're having a great time. And I think um, without any you, hill, there is no thrill. There you go. That's great. Take it to the bank. 
<laughs> I didn't mean to cut you off. I no, was just that's like, okay. that, that's memorialized. Now, now we're going to go off script here, Jody, because I've never Uh-oh. done this before. I'm nervous. I, I've never done this before. I've never done the lightning round <gasps> in the middle of the podcast or towards the beginning of the podcast. I have a feeling what you say in the lightning round is going to get me to want to talk about other things. So are you okay if I go off script? I mean, or do you have some Disney buttoned up corporate script where you got to always follow the plan? No, here's the great thing. I'm not there anymore. So I'm, I'm all yours. Let's do it. Right. I'm, I'm ready. All right, here we go. Lightning round. You've got to answer this in two sentences or less. And oh, it's no, a, I can't. That is the part uh, that's so, the hardest. No, it's what's called the okay. lightning round. All, all right, all right, all right. I'm you're, in. You're, I'm in. you're going to get the opportunity to talk a lot. No, this okay. Is, okay. My husband made you do this because he's always like, can you ever give a short answer? I'm like, no. Okay, there you go. There we go. Ready? Ready? Favorite park. That's mean. That's like picking your that, children. That's so hard okay. about that. Um, that's not, that's not even two sentences. That's like two words. Disneyland Paris, beautiful. Tokyo Disney crazy, amazing, different than any other park. Walt Disney World, first park I went with my family. No, this is not, you're not the rules. No, I'm not doing it. I'm asking you the favorite park. Okay, not next. Wow. All right. All right. Uh, Number one thing Disney can teach us about work. Happily Ever After starts today. It's yours. All right. You're one for two. Good job. Favorite ride. Pirates of the Caribbean, sitting with my dad, being a little scared but loving it. All right. Favorite Disney movie? No, okay, this one, I'm sorry. Just sit tight, buckle up. We're in for it. Okay. Uh, music, Lion King. Princess movie, Beauty and the Beast. Uh, favorite all-time character that I aspire, totally Mary Poppins girl. Love, she goes and flies a kite. She gets everything in that bag. Like, I'm all about the Mary Poppins of it all. And then happy. Happy the the dwarf. Don't you just think we should all wake up and say, like, happy is a character and a state of mind? And then really, like, Mickey Mouse, because Mickey Mouse, we all have ears. Because he's the original, I mean, yes. Yeah, right. It all started with a mouse. Never lose sight of that. Good answer. But you broke lightning round yeah, okay. the things, but that's all okay, right. Okay, fine. All right, that's all right. Um, favorite Disney song? When You Wish Upon a Star. Oh, I love it. Yeah, if I could one. sing, I'd sing, but I might dance more. Secret to Disney's creativity. Secret to, I'm going to go back to people's story attention to detail, which doesn't sound creative, but it always starts and ends with the people and then the magical stories they can tell and characters they can bring to life and then that maniacal attention to detail. What is it with Disney? They like killing off parents. Okay. No, honestly. Everybody <laughs> always says, and it's what not What does Disney have against parents like me? It's not a thing. It's not a thing. It's not a thing. It's not a thing. It's not intentional. You're reading into it. It's like the question, is Goofy a man or a dog? I mean, don't overthink. You know, he's a man dog, so don't—and it's not like ready, set, let's kill off parents. It's that there's only so many characters you can go deeper with, fall in love, want to know their story, go. And so oftentimes it just moves you quicker to the heart of the story to have a parent maybe not be there all the time. <laughs> no, I'm breaking my own rules. I'm going off script here because I got two more lightning round questions. But what this does make me think, I've, I've been around the hyper-conservative Christian crowd, and it seems like the hyper-conservative Christian crowd isn't a big fan of Disney. They might say things like, 
there is a conspiracy to kill parents and have children. What, what, what's, the, what's the Disney insider line of anal Christian people? I'm not going to take credit for the Disney insider line, right. but I will give you the Jody. Um, I think when we're not comfortable enough with where we are and we put too much emphasis on something, Disney isn't trying to say that they're offering the good news, capital G. So when people watch a Disney movie and they'll say, you know, I think this character was Satan and they did this and they did, you know, Disney, they're storytellers. They're looking for great stories and they're telling them well. And they're trying to create magical moments that surprise and delight. And I think we sometimes, and I'll say we, because I, I do this too, we try to put things in boxes, something is good or bad. And there's, and I think it's the emphasis that you place on it, the importance that you put on it. And if we make it a salvation issue when it isn't, I think sometimes is when we run amok. Well, so that's I, the Jody answer. Well, the Brian answer is I think that we all love a conspiracy and we all like to feel like the world's crumbling in on us. <laughs> And uh, if that's in the political world, we all have our level of conspiracies. And oh no, the United States is going to go into hell in a handbasket. And if we're in the religious world, we're all in the conspiracies of someone's trying to squash us. And you know, and yeah, I, th I think everyone it's needs a bad guy, right? That's right. We're looking for bad guys. Yeah, that's exactly right. All right, back to our lightning round. Number one thing Disney can teach us about relationships. Oh my gosh! Well, first of all, that people yearn for them and lead with the heart not, you know, not always the head. I think that's what's so great about Disney is whether it's in the, the Disney songs or the attractions or it's it's not transactional, it's relational. I mean, we all want to make connections. You know, we are yearning. That's why fairy tales are so popular. You know, they speak to that once upon a time gets us to happily ever after. And aren't we all yearning for that? Right. Do you think that the the allure of fairy tales is increasing or de decreasing right now? I don't think people would acknowledge that it's increasing, but I think it is increasing. Everything is, we see it, we want it, we get it, we do, and people are busy and moving faster, which to a certain extent has always been true, but I think it's more conducive and there's more ways to connect without connecting, which happens a lot on social media where we're, again, transactionally connecting, but we're not necessarily, you know, from a relational standpoint connecting. And so I think the need for our heart's connection and fairy tales becomes uh, people yearn for that more. Yeah, I wonder if it's we're trying to escape more than we needed to generations ago mm. or, or if we're just more numbed out than we were before and maybe we're more prone to a good story with a happy ending. I don't know, but it just seems like we're thirsting for that more. The, you know, the 70% the box office going to Disney, I, I think it's got to have something to do with there's a predictable storyline there that we all predictably want. We all want to feel like we're in a battle. We all feel like we're an underdog and we all want to win in the end. You know, I, I, I don't know if art mimics life or art creates life, but there's something there. 
And you go back to even when Walt was first talking about he would have these meetings with the animators and they would talk about, you know, is this going to go, you know, a dark place or why people would ask questions like, why do we have villains? Why does there have to be death in a Disney movie? And why? Well, that's the reality of people's lives that they relate to. And he would always say, um, for every laugh, there must be a tear. And I think there is that relatability that people connect with those stories. There's a lot of stories about how Walt Disney was incredibly anal and involved, even to the point of what I understood as he filmed a number of staff meetings that he was he could run after he died. Given what you know of him and other CEOs you work with, what what's the proper CEO role in terms of getting in the weeds? Was he appropriately in the weeds? Was he not enough? Or what, 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 do you see any themes there? Yeah. Are things those of us can learn who who are CEOs or even run an organization of five people? First of all, I, I didn't work directly with Walt. He had passed away before I joined the company. So what I know of and hear of is is hearsay. But I definitely understand that he was in the details. And early on when the studio started, it was such a small group. I mean, he was actually part of the story team and animation team. So, I mean, he was really doing the day-to-day work with the team, not just in a leadership role. But I think it's an interesting question because there are many styles of leadership. And also at the certain times in the company, I think different styles of leadership are important. But I will say my... um, best bosses were the ones that were in the weeds. You get the feeling that they care deeply. Now, they would ultimately let you do your job, so they're not doing, you know, your job for you. But I think a collaborative atmosphere with leadership and team and all different levels is really important. And the only way to do that is to be in the details. To me, the best ideas come out of collaboration and discussion and sometimes disagreement and debate. And we're all better together, always. You know, that's a a young life phrase, better together. And it's the truth, you know. When you go into, I don't know, a a restaurant, you go into a a department store, you go into whatever. Are are there things that you look for to see if it's well run? Are there things that you notice that I would notice that say, ooh, I like the culture here? Are there things that you notice that I would notice that makes you say, boy, this is really unhealthy. This place is going nowhere. Yes and no. I mean, a little bit of it depends the specific situation. Like if I'm with, you know, a big group, some of my nieces and nephews, and we're just like all having a big old time. I, Unless something's really run amok, I, I might not notice as much. But oftentimes, again, it's the details that will make me pause. Also, people's behavior. There was a, a boss when I first started in the parks in guest relations, and we called it, you know, management by walking around. And there, you would see a lot of the folks that were just always around in the parks. They weren't in offices up in, you know, sitting at a desk. They were walking around. And we called it the pickup trash. Um, and there was never any level of, you know, if Bob Iger, if Michael Eisner, if somebody was at the park and you see trash, you pick it up and you put it away. And so seeing people like at the time when I started with the company, some of the people that I would see doing that were like my boss's 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 boss. And when you see that level, 
picking up trash, it sends a message to you. Like, that's what we all do. That's all of our jobs. And so when... This is a very long answer. This is Glad answer. it's, it's not this lightning not, round. Yeah, this is not the lightning round. Yeah. Um, so when I go in someplace and I'll see like somebody, let's say if it's a restaurant and somebody's going to be seating you and you're standing in a area and they're waiting to seat you until the table's available and there's like trash on the floor. Okay. Well, you know, they've been standing in that location for a really long time, especially if it's obvious and they haven't picked it up. Either they've gone numb and they don't notice, which is a huge problem, or second, they notice and they don't do anything about it because they think it's not their job. Yeah. And so those kinds of things, I think the details stick out to me, especially the ones that Disney was maniacal about. We were laughing earlier. I was telling you about the two-finger point. And <laughs> the one-finger point, at, especially at a person, was like a big Disney As in, go, technical where is, foul. Where's the bathroom and over there? No one finger pointing over there. Right. Two. Two. two finger pointing because it's so much more. Or you can do a full hand gesture, but never the one finger point. So it is funny because when people one finger point, I kind of you know, there's just like that moment where I'm like, whoa, especially if somebody does it at me in like my right face. Now, like yeah, right now. Yeah. <laughs> I feel face. a little bit I'm, like, oh, and flicking it back and Brian, forth. Brian, you're killing me. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so anyway, I just think, you know, little things that have been programmed, I definitely notice. And then the bigger things, um, you know, it depends the situation as to how much it can ruin. But the one thing that I do really value and notice is um, what we used to call service saves. When you're having some kind of guest service, something is a problem. Or we used to say we never had problems, we had opportunities. And if something didn't go as planned, you know, sometimes the sun shines brightest in the clouds. So we always looked at those as huge opportunities to jump in and, you know, turn that frown upside down or, you know, make some magic happen. And, you know, it sounds happy clappy, but I think if I have an experience, let's say at a restaurant or in a retail experience where something doesn't go right, how the response is, does make me think a lot about, A, doing business with that, mm, you know, right. company again, and B, their success. You know, I just think it says a lot about how they're wired, how they're trained. It sounds happy clappy, but I'm also kind of double-checking why I even use that phrase as much as I do. It sounds happy clappy. I'm kind of ashamed that when something is happy clappy, I, I find some reason to, to be down on it. I mean, you were just, uh, I wish people could see this on video. You are an effervescent woman who beams joy, who beams countenance. The Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kind of, and on it goes. You got, I mean, you're just smiling like a butcher's dog right now, right? <laughs> yeah. Can you write I, that down I, on my, I need that encouragement the, the, Oh, daily. you are. There's a, there, there's a, just a, you've got a, just an infectious joy about you that's really, really winsome. And maybe that's your book. The, your book, I, I love the title. I haven't read it, but your title, Beyond the Castle, 
where you talk about the fact that we're all wishing for our own happy ending. Talk to me about what does that mean? Your home happy ending? How how that ties into your 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 joy that you're exuding right now? What what just just schools? Because I tell you what, we've got a lot of us who are sourpusses, <laughs> and it's not just because we're sourpusses. It's because our culture is beating us down. Our culture is sucking the life out of us. Our culture is like a Sears wet dry vac. Going, yeah, the only thing I'm going to call yes. you out on that. Okay. Is we are the culture. So that's the interesting thing because it's easy to go, you know, the culture did this to me and the culture did that. Okay, well, if we want to try to be different, we want to try to think about something a different way, you know, it's like that mirror where you look into the mirror and underneath it, it says, the magic begins with me. And again, I think people oftentimes when it applies to Disney, they go, but it's all different at Disney. But it really isn't. I mean, it's people. It's people serving and being served. It's people sharing great stories well told. It's you can really apply that to anything. So I think back to the roller coaster, you know, it doesn't mean that there aren't ups and downs, but how are we living into that? And we were created for celebration. You know, we carry our life around and even I'm going to say, you know, I'll I'll take this on too a little bit. Our Christianity, like it's this burden, you know. I'm so burdened. I'm so. When we were created for celebration, I mean, we of all people should be excited, and we we've got happily ever after. We we got it. We own it. It's a gift, you know. Right. Amen. Right. You know. So I think, um, how do we live into that? How can we? Um, it is true. It is true. Looks like those of us who are believers, it's almost like we feel guilty if we're happy. It's almost like if I don't have this bird weigh me down, then I'm unusual. I, I, I oh, so how's how's life going? Oh man, Whew, busy. Whew. Hard, you know. So speak. Right. You're, keep speaking, sister. You're you're yeah. you're ringing our bell. And not to mention, I think happily ever after is. That's why one of my favorite that I came up with was happily ever after starts today. And um, what does that look like in everyday life? I think we we think about once upon a time and happily ever after is the last page of the book. And I think we need to reprogram ourselves to think happily ever after. What does that look like? Claiming that today because we have it. We have it. And again, not denial, not, um, you know, not being serious about life and things that require serious thought and seeking wisdom and all those things are important. So I don't want to get, you know, the hate mail that's like, oh, my gosh, she doesn't understand, you know, what I'm going through. I, I get that. But I also think we are walking through those hard times. We're we're in there together. We're on. So what can we do and how do we do it to offset that in a way? And some of it is being present and celebrating the moments and living the way God created us to live. And, you know, we're supposed to be celebrating. All right, lightning round. You got one oh more minute. Oh my gosh, here we go. No, this is, but you, you control it. You got okay. one more minute. Is there anything else we haven't talked about that you'd like to pour into our listeners? Anything you feel people need to hear that I haven't asked you? It's it's a continuation of the happily ever after starts today. Don't overcomplicate. You know, show up, show your character. There isn't one character. We're all different characters. Be the you you want to be. 
find your character, mine your character, and just, you know, get all in. Get in line. You know, grab a pal. Sit back. Store your personal belongings. Hold on tight. Enjoy the ride. Scream. And then my last very favorite is just don't forget the fireworks. And what I mean by that is if you've visited a Disney theme park, you'll have a great day. You'll be going on the attractions. You'll be doing what you're doing. And then you think, oh, it can't get any better. And sure enough, the fireworks start. And they're vibrant and colors and noise and music and celebration. And, you know, if we thought about that a little more. I think we'd um, we'd all feel different. We'd treat each other a little different. We it would take those hard times and and make them make us know we're not alone. And and it would just be an easier journey. So Jody Dreyer, if someone wanted to follow up with some of your ideas, hear what's going on in your mind, how might they do that? Listen to your podcast again. That would be a great way. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and share it with everybody you know. Perfect. Well, I you, like it. You got a book out, Beyond the Castle. Right. That's a good thing. Did you do anything on social media? or? I, I don't too much, okay. um, but definitely Beyond the Castle, A Guide to Your Happily Ever After is out in hardback and paperback. Jody, thank you so much for being here. You've uh, you've built into us well, and uh, today was a, a lot of fun. Thank so you. Thank you it's been a blast. <laughs> well, there you go, boys and girls. You never know what opportunity is going to come by your way. I grabbed this opportunity. I'm glad I did. I hope you are, too. Grab your opportunity. It's called the aggressive life. It's not called the life just happens to you life. That's the end of the day. We'll see you next time on the aggressive life. Hey, thanks for listening. For more aggressive living, head over to bryantome.com. Get signed up for the mailing list to get regular shots of positive aggression sent straight to your inbox. And while you're there, you can also find articles, podcasts, and books. I'm also active on Instagram. Search Brian Tome. Special thanks to the band judges for the music. Aggressive Life with Brian Tome is a production of Crossroads Church, Cincinnati, Ohio. <laughs>